Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we're back. Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Mike Esposito presented by Elgin Volkswagen, where we connect with people Visit ElginVW.com. And, Bruce, before we uh, get to John Rooney, very quickly, a bunch of roster moves today. Uh, absolutely. absolutely, Mike. Uh, you have uh, Dylan Maples, Jesse Chavez, and Luke Farrell being added to the team today. Luke Farrell's the 26th man, can carry the 26th man for the doubleheader. Chavez was traded for from Texas. Maples comes up from the minor leagues. James Norwood goes back to Iowa. Anthony Bass goes on the DL with a back injury. Those are your moves for the doubleheader today against the St. Louis Cardinals. And Mike, speaking of the St. Louis Cardinals, our great friend and the voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, John Rooney joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, John. Hi, Bruce. Hi, Espo. How are you guys doing? We're doing great today, John. Uh, Obviously, a nice nice game for the Cardinals yesterday. The big bats uh, came out against John Lester, who found the bats uh, pretty well. Uh, where what is the state of the St. Louis Cardinals right now? If uh, you were talking to a uh, a group of fans who are not aware where the team is at from a uh, physical psychological aspect, well, Bruce, I really think, and, and it's getting late in the season, but I think they're still trying to define what kind of team they are. Out of spring training, they thought they would be a better defensive team, and they certainly haven't played that way overall. They thought they would be better base running, but they have lost so many runners on the bases, like Tommy Pham being picked off the other night after getting a base hit. And they thought they would be a dominant offensive team. We've seen games where the Cardinals scored in double figures and runs and got up there around 14, 15, 16, and they had 18 hits yesterday. And then for three or four days, they struggle to score a run or two a ball game. And I'm interested to see how they react coming off the game yesterday where they face three position players finishing up the game on the mound for the Cubs and how they'll react when they come out against Chad Wood and Montgomery in the doubleheader today. John, uh, the Cards made big news uh, right before the break with the, uh, the uh, firing of Mike Matheny. Uh, can you a tell our listeners a little bit about why you think that happened? And then I know uh, a lot of uh, our listening audience is not familiar with Mike Schilt. What can you tell us about the Cardinals uh, new manager? Well, I think the Cardinals were really stuck in a rut and they were losing ball games much the way they've lost them the last two to three years by kicking the ball around and poor base running poor decisions on the bases poor decisions, throwing to the bases on the outfield, and uh, no offensive production. So not only was Mike Matheny let go, but Bill Miller, a batting champion in his time with the Boston Red Sox, of course played here in Chicago. He was our assistant hitting coach, John Mabry, our hitting coach. They were let go as well, and they went to the minor leagues, bringing up uh, two hitting coaches to uh, help out with Mike Schilt. Willie McGee is on the coaching staff this year. Jose Okendo came back. Those were two very good additions, and Mike Schilt, move from third base coach to the bench coach. Schilt has been a very successful manager in the minor leagues. He didn't play big league baseball, but he has been around 
professional baseball most of his life. He was a bat boy in shine shoes in the Baltimore Oriole organization at Class A ball. He shined Cal Ripken's shoes uh, a few times, uh, sending him out there before Ripken climbed the ladder. And and something uh, very telling in a story I read recently when uh, Schilt was introduced as one of the coaches in St. Louis, he came up as a quality control coach and then went to third base when Chris Maloney was reassigned last year. But he said the Orioles were so good for so long, and they had as many wins as anybody in baseball because they had developed a style of play. But that play went away as the people who made it famous went away. And I think some of that was beginning to wane from the Cardinals and George Kissel and what has been called the Cardinal way of playing baseball. I think they've drifted away from that the the past few years, and and it's probably uh, not Mike Matheny's fault entirely. It's uh, players coming in from other organizations or one thing and another, but uh, the, the stress is definitely on trying to play the game the right way and trying to think ahead and be smart. It's one thing to be outplayed by a team, but to be outplayed because you didn't play smart baseball, that's another problem, and I, I think that's something they're trying to correct. And the players know they, they were as much at fault as manager Mike Matheny was in this whole transition from last weekend to what we have right now. But Mike Schild is a very smart baseball man. He is a great listener, and he is a very good student of the game and of his players on the roster. And he has managed and coached many of them in the minors, and it will be interesting to see what he can do over the course of time. I know the fans were really upset that he was one and one after two games, and and some faction was saying it, uh, he should be fired as well. Uh, come on, it's a it's still a lot of baseball left to this season. Let's see what happens. That's the voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, John Rooney, for 13 years, doing a fabulous job there. 18 years with the Chicago White Sox. How many with the Twins, John? I had one year, and the Twins beat the Cardinals that year in the World Series in '87. Well. Hmm. I guess you're you're not a rookie anymore with, with that resume. Yeah, I guess not. But uh, I was I was lucky. Uh, when here in '05 with the White Sox, I went in '06 with the Cardinals again in '11, and then got back there in 2013. And guys, what people forget is Mike Matheny took the Cardinals to the playoffs right. like five years in a row and made it to the World Series in 2013 and lost out to the Boston Red Sox when it was all said and done. He had a pretty good run there. But things just did not look good. It just wasn't the type of baseball he wanted his team to play, let alone what the organization wants the Cardinals to look like. And John uh, John, uh, John Mazalek, who's uh, the vice, the president and general manager of the Cardinals, has done a, a wonderful job there too. But uh, with, with with Matheny gone, you know, you look at you know you, you look at a game and you get you see all the games, but I, I see probably Cardinals twenty five or thirty times. Uh, between the matchup with the Cubs and then other games, maybe a little bit more. And the the one thing, the composition of the defense is is so un, not Cardinal like. I mean, you you have players who have very little range except for a couple positions. You have guys that probably are better suited uh, for other positions, and then you have the expectations of them playing Cardinal baseball. I think some of that from the defensive uh, aspect, is uh, unrealistic uh, looking at the players at those positions. I think in many ways you're right, Bruce, but I, I think what we have, and we're not seeing it just with the Cardinals, we're seeing it all over baseball. Right. It's home runs, strikeouts, walks, lots of runs, long ball games, and, and I know the pace of game has probably knocked the average time down just a few minutes, but, but to me, 
I think they should reward hitters for baseball plays. There should be a stat that says runners advance, where they moved a runner from second to third, or are like a sacrifice fly is not a time at bat, and neither is a sacrifice bunt. Well, a ground ball to the second baseman moving a man from second to third should not be a time at bat then. It's time to change that and reward baseball plays and not just the home runs and the RBIs and and the 10 home runs in the All-Star game. I guess it made it exciting to a point. But I still like seeing the pressure on a pitcher and a defense when a team gets a runner to third with less than two outs. And if you do that consistently throughout the ballgame, then I like your chances of winning. This hour brought to you by Gurney Volkswagen. When searching for a new Volkswagen, search for Gurney VW. Dot com. John, it's actually uh, ironic that you say that. The the TV telecast, as I was watching Thursday night's game uh, on uh, the uh, Alex Rodriguez, uh, Jessica Mendoza booth on ESPN, they were commenting. They said they were talking to some players ahead of Thursday night's game and that uh, the guys were not concerned about slumping because their exit velo was still good. But you're, you're not getting hits. You're not necessarily making baseball plays. Just because you're hitting the ball with good exit velo doesn't mean that you're playing correct or good baseball i guess well home runs are great and they can turn a day around as fast as anything and i think one of the reasons the cardinals have managed to stay above 500 is that they've hit enough home runs to win enough games to stay above break even but at the risk of sounding like an old fuddy duddy Hmm. uh, i i had a we had a three-game series in pittsburgh exit velocity and launch angle had nothing to do with those three pirate wins they executed and put the ball in play with two strikes and, and cut down on their strikeouts and, and just nickeled and dimed the Cardinals to death. And, and it, it cost the Cardinals three ball games. They couldn't put the ball in play. Their strikeouts were up while the Pittsburgh Pirates put the ball in play and won all three games at PNC Park. And to me, that's, uh, you do that in October, and you're going to face really the best of the best in October as far as pitching goes. You're going to have to find a way to score a run somewhere without a pitcher making a mistake and finding the seats all the time. And I know there were high-scoring games in the postseason last year, certainly in the World Series between the Astros and Dodgers. But to me, to manufacture a run, find a way to get that run across, those are the things that have to be rewarded. And that's the beauty of baseball, trying to make something. Uh, you can play a little ball, small ball, and you can add in the home runs to me. It all mixes together. We're still the best forward out there. John, uh, when looking at the uh, Cardinals uh, this weekend and maybe into next week, uh, do you think it's possible that Mazalik looks at this team and goes, well, you know, we've never had a rebuild here over the last uh, 25, 26, 27 years. We've been We've had a, a plus 500 team every year except three years since 1996. Maybe it's time that we unload a few players, build around our very strong pitching staff, and kind of do a uh, quick rebuild similar to what the Yankees did a couple years ago. Well, Bruce, you won't see the Cardinals tank anything and and just sell everybody off and play with kids for the next two to three years. Uh, That would not go over well uh, down in St. Louis at all. Uh, Could you see some players move? Uh, I think that's a strong possibility. And I've, I've heard plenty of rumors already. And uh, the rumors are going to even circulate even more. So I heard you talking about some possibilities of trades coming up here over the next few days. Time's running out before we get to the waiver trade uh, period. And, and uh, you could see some, some players go, and, and maybe a lot depends on what happens over the next three 
games here in two days with the Cubs and certainly going to Cincinnati to play three. That Cincinnati club is playing better baseball. They're not doing stupid, silly things that cost them games the first five or six weeks of the season. They're playing much better. Milwaukee has played much better. The Pirates are doing their best to cut down on strikeouts. They have some good young talent they're bringing along. This is a pretty good division. And uh, would it surprise me to see some players move? No, not at all. Our chat with John Rooney brought to you by the Chicago Wolves, making big plans for their 25th anniversary. Get your season tickets now. Receive exclusive benefits. Visit ChicagoWolves.com or call 1-800-THE-WOLVES. And, John, all that having been said, and this is, I guess, the beauty and the curse of the the wild card and the second wild card is that the Cardinals start the day four and a half games behind the Brewers, and there's a, a whole jumble there at the at the bottom of the National League playoff picture. Well, they're not even looking at the wild card. They're looking at what it might take to stay involved and, and try to stay within striking distance. If there's a chance at picking up a game a week, uh, you don't you, you can't bite off the whole seven and a half, eight and a half games uh, in one or two days, and, and you have to be patient and look at it that way. But in order to knock off that game a week, the team has to play better baseball overall to give themselves a chance. And as you get closer and closer, when the Cardinals uh, were a wild-card team in 11, they were like 10, 10 and a half games out right. uh, going to late August. So there is some time to make up games if the other teams follow suit, and that's what happened that year. You don't expect that to happen all the time. But right now, I I don't think they're concerning themselves with a a run at a wild card. They're trying to play better baseball, assess what they have, make some deals perhaps uh, coming up in the next few days, and then go from there to see how the season plays out and give Mike Schultz a chance to see what he can do with the coaching staff the rest of the way. John, uh, Dexter Fowler had a pretty good day yesterday. He had a big home run uh, last week when he came back. But from from the perspective of how the Cardinal fans have uh, looked at uh, Dexter this year, uh, what has the vibe been like? How has he been received by Cardinal Nation after a horrendous start this year? Well, I don't think the fans, the fans were very happy with him. and I don't know if they were all that happy last year, but he had 18 home runs last year. And they certainly loved him uh, early in Monday morning in a late Sunday night game against the Cubs when he hit the last pitch of the game off Luke Farrell, the right field, for a game winner. And that completed a sweep. So they were happy with him there. I think uh, the feeling was, in in many circles, to uh, let him play about every day, a week to ten days before the All-Star game, to see how he could do. But Mike Schilt is saying, okay, here's your chance. Go out there and play. That's why the Cardinals signed him. Basically, they signed him to be a center fielder and a leadoff man, but that hasn't worked out. But he can produce some runs like he did yesterday against Leicester. Uh, the one uh, blip on the radar was uh, the failure advancing Colton Wong to third with nobody out after a leadoff double, and he pulled the ball to third base. Didn't look like uh, he was necessarily trying to advance the runner, but he came back later and picked up another RBI. So he was able to pick himself up, and so far he's had uh, – uh, a pretty good goal of it here, even though he was 0 for 5, had some good swings on Thursday, but looked much better at the plate yesterday. And I think the Cardinal fans are like everybody else, kind of a wait-and-see mode and find out how he does with an extended period of playing time coming up now. John, you uh, your job has been to add energy, information, and reporting skills to your broadcast for 32 or 33 years. But as you mentioned, with baseball being what it, what it is in the last part of game, six inning on, strikeout, home run, walk, how challenging is it for the baseball broadcaster now to keep in the moment of exciting baseball when there's very little action going on in many games late in those games? 
Well, I learned very, very young, Bruce, that you have maybe 20 minutes total when the ball is in play, whether it's being pitched from the pitcher to the catcher or it's hit and put in play in the field. So that's that's not very much time, even in a two-and-a-half-hour ball game. There's plenty of downtime, plenty of time for discussion, plenty of time for stories, plenty of time to tell the fans what's going on the field and what the possibilities are in terms of a manager's move with a pinch hitter or a pitching change or what we have going on. Of course, we don't have to worry too much about pinch hitters in interleague games with the DH, and, and maybe the DH will be universal here before too long. I keep hearing rumblings about that, which will lead to more offense and perhaps some longer games. But it's still calling baseball and enjoying the game, and, and sometimes it gets very frustrating when you see the lack of execution or throwing to the wrong base or uh, the lack of, uh, of, of just the right move to make, whether it's going first to third or stopping at second base and not testing an outfielder's arm. Sometimes that gets a little frustrating, but uh, we watch it every day, and we see it all the time. We're up close and personal to it. To me, there's no other sport I'd rather do, and I'm having a lot of fun broadcasting it. And we're having fun listening to it, as always, John. Thanks so much for taking some time out for Mike and I and Inside the Clubhouse. It's always a a treat to have you on. Keep up the great work, and see you out at the ballpark. All right, we'll see you in a while, Bruce. Mike, always good to be with you. Thanks Thanks again. John Rooney, the great voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, along with Mike Shannon, does such a terrific job doing Cardinal baseball. Um, People say still here in Chicago all the time, uh, God, I miss uh, miss Rooney and Farmer together. And it's not a slight on Ed, and, of course, DJ does an excellent job, but um, that was a team that uh, people – uh, remember, love, and you know, equate to that uh, world championship in 2005. Certainly, one of the great baseball voices uh, around the country. Terrific, and, and uh, we, of course, uh, on the score have one of the best as well, Pat Hughes. And you could uh, hear uh, Pat and Ron call uh, two games today. Our first game uh, of a day-night doubleheader, the makeup game, uh, the 12:05 first pitch. Zach Saban will have the pre at 11:30. Cubs and Sox fans, the trades you'd like to see your team made. Do you think Abreu will bring back a bundle from Houston? Will the Cubs go and get a starting pitcher and a reliever? We will tell you our intel. Bob Nightingale, the great reporter slash columnist from USA Today, joining us at the bottom of the hour. Your input always 312-644-6767. Text Mike at 6711. He'll read what we can read or allowed to read on the radio. Absolutely. And a a quick reminder, a great event coming up on Monday from nine to one, uh, Dan Bernstein and Connor McKnight from the Bernstein and McKnight show. They will be live at the Budweiser Brickhouse Tavern in Wrigleyville. Wilson Contreras, Mike Montgomery will be their guests from noon until one. It's the second installment of the Cubs on deck luncheon series presented by Azek building products and Xfinity tickets on sale. Now six 70, the score.com slash on deck your calls on what you just heard and on the trade deadline stuff. When we come back to inside the clubhouse here on the score and we're back on inside the clubhouse, Chicago sports radio, six seventy. the score alongside Bruce Levine. I am Mike Esposito and we are here until 1130. Zach Zaidman will have your Cubs pregame at that time. 1205 first pitch Cubs Cardinals game one of a day night double header. Tyler Chatwood will pitch for the Cubs. In the first game, That's a Bruce. big start for him. Huge start. Because uh, you, you have a situation where you had, out of the break, you have Kyle Hendricks going four and two-thirds innings. Yep. You have John Lester going three yesterday. These are your aces of your staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, 
you know, today with him and Montgomery, they got to get some length out of him. They've replenished their bullpen. Uh, if you haven't heard, you know, we, we talked about some of the moves that they made. Jesse Chavez, who was traded for from Texas, arrives today. He'll be with the team. Dylan Maples called up from AAA. Luke Farrell will be the 26th man for both games. He has been called up. There's some thought that he was going to be starting the game on Monday. Uh, James Norwood sent back to AAA, and uh, Anthony Bass put on the DL with some back issues again. So the ever-evolving bullpen, the trading market for bullpen people, certainly key for the Cubs and White Sox. We we didn't go over the White Sox names, but – Certainly, with the Abreu rumors uh, from Houston, more more uh, recently, Joaquin Soria is somebody that will get traded to a team as a seventh, eighth, or ninth inning guy. Lots of experience there. And James Shields, certainly a starting pitcher that can help a lot of people as well. And for those of you keeping track at home, so now it's Morrow, Bass, and you know Eddie Butler's been on there for a while, but that's three bullpen guys on the DL right now for your Cubs. Absolutely. Three. And... Uh, you know, again, the wear and tear on Morrow is pushing the Cubs toward adding more bullpen depth. Uh, congrats to them. They did that with uh, bringing on Chavez, but uh, that's not the last move they'll make. To the phones we go, Bruce. And uh, on the south side, we start with Ron here on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Ron. Hey, good morning, guys. You know what, regarding uh, Abreu, I-, I just don't know how you-, you-, you qualify the whole leadership thing, guys. But it, it, it appears that that's where the value of a Abreu is with right now. Because no matter what his numbers are, they're not going to mean anything for uh, a, a couple of years. And going into this season, there are some people who thought, well, maybe we'll keep him because when they get good, he'll be on the team. But due to some injuries and just some unexpected um, developments, the progress isn't there. So it's going to be a while. So it's really no use um, keeping him. So if they can get some prospects, uh, good prospects. We don't want to give them away. But right now is probably the best time to trade uh, Jose Abreu. You don't want to go you surprised the at the drop-off in his numbers over the last six weeks? Yes, I am. But you know what, Bruce? As we know, that he usually kind of picks up in the second half. But, yeah, that was pretty pretty drastic. And that's why I think right now – because, see, again, Bruce, he's going to de- 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 decline. So I'm just going to get to a point. So I, I really think that they need to be trying to – to make a move uh, to, to trade Abreu. It, I, I just don't see going forward where he's going to really fit into, into, into the picture. So let's hope that they can um, get a good return for him. So thanks, guys. Mike, uh, thanks, Ron. just for the numbers, July, he's 7 for 49. Um, in the, his last 27 games since uh, June 15th, he has four extra base hits. That's so, not good. And he was – he was he was, he, he, was on a he was one of the pace. hottest hitters yep. in the game the first six weeks, but it's just been brutal to watch his batting average drop from three ten to two fifty right now. Yeah, it's, he he's uh, tough sledding right now, and uh, uh, we'll keep our eye on the Abreu market certainly. Let's hit John and Alsip next here on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, John. Hi, guys. Thanks for so much for taking my call. Sure. Um, basically, I'm just going to give my opinion, and I'll hang up. Fit for the Cubs right now would be Chris Archer. Reason being is Chris Archer is under team control for the next three and a half years, low money, has something to prove. We know the guy's had nasty stuff in the past. Um, I think he would slide in perfect in that five slot. And obviously, I'm pretty sure we'd get him for a good deal, considering Tampa Bay has never been able to manage their front office. 
Um, so I just want to get your thoughts on that. Thanks, guys. All right, John, thanks. Uh, I saw a quote yesterday from Chris Archer saying he just wants to win, whether or not it's uh, with Tampa or somewhere else. So we'll see if the, Ra- the Rays are a 500 how many, team. How many years in a row can they talk about trading Chris Archer and not do it? The, the other question is how many years can you and I talk about the Cubs getting Chris Archer and not have it happen? It's an old story, and you know yeah. what? Um, it's got a lot of quality to him, but I think he's an extremely, extremely overrated pitcher. Uh he doesn't win that much. I don't. I don't care about uh, the people around him. There, there, there's certainly some reason why he doesn't win more than he should. I don't. I don't rank him as a number one or two pitcher. I don't. I don't know if he's a difference maker for anybody. Our trade deadline discussion brought to you by Northwestern football coach Fitz and the Music City Bowl champs host Michigan, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and more this fall at Ryan Field. Season and single game tickets on sale now at nusports.com. And Bruce, uh, very few guys uh, better to talk to as we approach the tread de- de- deadline. Easy for you to guest. say, exactly. Mike. Bob Nightingale from USA Today, uh, the gold standard for reporting inside information, joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Yeah, doing great, Bruce. Thanks. Are you watching that uh, Milwaukee Brewer team uh, submerge? Uh, what's what's going on there? Seven losses in a row. A very good team. Probably with the Cubs, uh, the best team, best two teams in the National League most of the season. What do you see going on there? Yeah, I think they need to make a trade just to kind of wake these guys up. I was losing out on Machado; it's a huge blow, and yeah, they were uh, they finished running up in those talks. Uh, you know, they probably need a starting a starting pitcher, uh, another reliever, but particularly a starter. Uh, I just think they have to make a move to show the clubhouse hey, we're, we're still hanging in this thing. Before this, before the season slips away once again, we saw Brad Hand uh, get moved uh, over the break, Bob, and uh, we've been talking a little about Zach Britton throughout the show. And the Cubs certainly, with uh, with Morrow on the DL again, uh, that is a huge need for the Cubs. What bullpen names do you expect to see traded uh, before the uh, deadline ten days from now? Yeah, it's really Zach Britton's the uh, uh, the best of bunch. Uh, you know, the Reds with Iglesias. You know, those two names you know, jump out the most. Uh, so I think, you know, these teams on the race will be offering offering everybody just because there's such a, uh, a need for relievers. And, you know, and the, the starting market is so uh, small, so everyone's getting a, a ton if you have a starter available. So, what? yeah, you name the reliever, they're, they're going to be out there. Uh, to the best of your knowledge, is Familia going to the, the, the A's today, or is there a secret uh, team that – could jump in like the Cubs that we've been reporting. Uh, they've they and a number of other teams still have had conversations with the Mets about Familia. Yeah, I definitely think that he uh, you know could go somewhere else besides Oakland. I mean, Oakland's you know talking everything else, but yeah, you never know with these things. You know, someone fills a physical, uh, some kind of late late minute snag, and uh, yeah, he'd be a a nice, a great fit actually for the for the Cubs. Uh, you know, for the A's, who knows? You guys know, don't. See them, you know, making the playoffs. Uh, so I, I don't know, Mike getting familiar whether it's really going to do anything for him. Bob Nightingale, our guest from USA Today. Bob, we were talking uh, about the White Sox last segment, and they are obviously sellers. They're in the middle of their rebuild. Uh, Joaquin Soria, one of those bullpen arms, but uh, Jose Abreu, the all-star first baseman for the Sox, uh, still under contract past this year, but uh, a possibility to be moved. What are you hearing about Jose Abreu? You know, I haven't heard his name uh, out there. You know, a team talking to the White Sox about him. 
Uh, you know, I think he's out there, but I think you'd have to get a, uh, you know, some big time pieces in return just for what he means in the clubhouse, let alone the field. So, uh, you know, I think he was going to get traded. Maybe, maybe, it's, you know, more trade a year from now or something, uh, or at least during the winter. So, but I haven't heard a uh, team talking to him. Yeah. The, uh, uh, Richard justice reported that, uh, the Houston has interest in a Brayu, uh, just because, Probably, uh, Bob, some of their offensive uh, players haven't played up to snuff, even though they're having a great season with great pitching as usual. Uh, I guess Houston doesn't have to worry about much, maybe except the back end of the bullpen as well. Maybe one one more guy to go along with uh, their their closer situation there. Yeah. I mean, I bring room with the Astros been going on for a while. I, I just don't see the Astros popping up pieces for them. I really don't. You know, if it's a giveaway, they'll do it. The White Sox aren't going to give them away. They really need some help at the back end of the bullpen. Uh, I'd be stunned if uh, you know if they don't get that piece. It's not the end of July, at the end of August. And I, I do believe because there are so many teams shopping players that we're going to see a ton of trades in uh, August as well. Yeah, I agree, uh, Bob. Do you get the sense the Mets uh, will just sit tight on their top starters and and Cinder got into ground? There, there's no urgency to trade them now. Could they be getting bigger, better packages in the off season and and just sit back and wait and kick their feet up uh, when it comes to those two guys? Yeah, definitely, Bruce. I'd be completely shocked if they trade the Grom. I mean, they're like going back in time and trading Seaver. It just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I, I think you know Zach Wheeler be traded, but I, I don't see them touching uh, the Grom. Uh, you know, Syndergaard. If they just get completely overwhelmed, yeah, I don't see that one either. Bob, uh, we were talking with uh, John Rooney from Cardinals Radio uh, uh, two segments ago, and, and he's still thinking that uh, they're they're looking to this year and they're looking to to try to make a push toward the postseason. Uh, the right around the five hundred mark is St. Louis a buyer in this market? Or do you think they're just a hold steady in this market? I think they're a hold steady. You know, Carlos Martinez just won the disabled list, you know, a few minutes ago. Yeah, that's a huge blow. Those guys, uh, they're kind of no man's land, you know. Really can't get up on this. Being so far back, you're not really going to go for it either. Uh, I think the offseason will be fascinating to see what those guys do. You know, do they move uh, Marcelo Zuna? You know, do they move uh, uh, Dexter Fowler? Uh, you know, they still have a lot of pitching, a lot of young pitching, but they may try to shake that whole thing up. I know when you're you're in Milwaukee uh, watching the Brewers and the Dodgers, and I'm sure you were in on. The conversations and the interview with Josh Hader yesterday. Your thoughts on on where that situation's at, and uh, in this day and age, uh, do we give uh, do we give somebody a um, a side pass, or do we give them a mulligan for something they said six seven years ago when they were stupid young people coming up, or is that just the, the nature of the world we live in now? Yeah, I mean, Milwaukee would love for it to go away, but I think it's going to be hanging around for a while. I mean, their first road trip here, uh, the second half is San Francisco, you know, where he's, you know, bashing the gay people. So uh, I think it'd be bashing to see what happens there, particularly because our bullpens are right out in the open, you know, like, like Wrigley Field used to be. So, yeah, I mean, he says he's not that same guy. He says he was never that guy. But yet, you know, he wasn't a child. He was a was child. He was 17. You know, he wasn't six years old. Uh, yeah, we do immature things, but we don't do that. Egg in houses or keeping houses or something like that. 
still some candy bars. Uh, so I don't think it'll take a while, and I think he's got to continue to prove that you know he's not that guy. You know, you know maybe he wasn't that guy, but you know it, it sounds like you know, there's, there's something going on back then, and maybe by playing professional baseball, uh, being surrounded by you know, so many uh, different players of uh, you know so much diversity, different colors, and everything like that, that maybe he really has changed. It was just a bad moment. Bob Nightingale, USA Today, our guest for for another minute or two here in. Uh, Bob, you, you talk about the Cubs and needs for trade deadline. We already talked about Zach Britton. Do you think it, that there's any chance that uh, Theo makes a move uh, and they trade off of their big league roster to, uh, in any kind of uh, large trade? I don't see that, no. I, I think it would have to be from the depth in the minor leagues. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see them trading away a, a piece like that. I mean, the way it's going right now, you could probably still make the playoffs without getting that guy. But I think they know that Hey, they go go deep to get back to uh, get back to World Series. They're going to at least need a uh, another bullpen piece. Uh, let's face it; I mean, the Darvish thing has been a disaster. That thing has let them down. So uh, I'm not sure if they want to invest in our starters since they, you know, still hoping Darvish comes back. But I think they have to get a reliever no matter what. The uh, situation in Washington. Uh, Davy Martinez, our buddy from Chicago, here. Hired for three years by uh, our friend Mike Rizzo to run that team. They're under 500 now with almost 100 games left. Is there any chance that uh, Davey is fired uh, in the first year of a three-year contract, knowing that that window with Washington is a, a, sh- a small window and they're expected to win? Oh, there's certainly a chance of that. I mean, you just look at their track record there with the uh... – Ownership. I mean, Dusty Baker leads them to two straight division titles. They win 97 games last year. They lose that game five to the Cubs and, uh, you know, uh, a crazy kind of ugly, ugly game. They fire him. He said they want to go a different direction. Well, careful what you wish for. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, I just saw where David Martinez got criticized and Washington Post for the way he's uh, handled the pitching staff. The, uh, the veterans were outspoken. They don't like the way things have gone. Uh, the best thing Davis got going for him, he's got Bryce Harper in his corner, uh, big time. Uh, you know, much more than, than than Dusty did. So who knows how long Harper is going to be there? If Harper leaves the free agent, <clears throat> you know, maybe the Nationals say, "Well, we're not going to bring David back either." So a lot of his fate could be could be tied to Harper. And in closing, with you, uh, Danny Duffy has had a resurgence using his fastball more. Uh, last three starts, only he's given up a run. Do you see uh, someone like the Cubs making a, a move toward him uh, in a deal for uh, uh, two or three minor leaguers? Yeah, that would make sense, Bruce. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, the Royals are going to go in a deep, deep rebuild like, like the White Sox and like the Tigers and everybody else in the division except for Cleveland. Uh, yeah, a name like that makes perfect sense. And I'm a big believer, too. If you move a guy from the American League to the National League, you know, he should be much better. So the, the Duffy you see in KC will even be a much better Duffy in the, the Cubs or any other NL club. At Bob Nightingale, that is where you find our good friend from USA Today. Bob Nightingale does such a terrific job reporting, writing columns. Follow him on Twitter. Bob, thanks again for joining us. Keep up the great work, and we'll, we'll see you one of these days here. I know uh, Chicago hasn't been the, uh, the landing place for the big-time baseball experts much this year. We saw you early in the year. I imagine we'll see you again soon. 
Yeah, so that comes in San Francisco, and I'll be there in a few weeks. So look forward to seeing you guys. All right, Bob. Keep up Thanks, the great Bob. work. Thanks again. Bob Nightingale from USA Today, our guest. Uh, he is on uh, a must-follow on Twitter. Uh, if you're looking for trade deadline stuff, he, he's uh, very plugged in, uh, as is uh, – Yourself there, Mr. Bruce, and uh, you know the the deadline ten days away. Lots going to happen between now and then. Three one two six four four six seven six seven. Your thoughts about where you want your teams to go? Do the White Sox pick up more young players for some of their veterans? Will they make any surprise deals where they trade young people for young people? Are they at that point? Cubs wise, are you willing to trade off of the big league roster to bring in a top reliever or? Bullpen piece three one two six four four six seven six seven. We will be talking to you next segment. Uh, it is yours. Uh, we are interactive. We want to talk to you here on Inside the Clubhouse on the Score. Back on Inside the Clubhouse, Levine and Esposito here on six seventy the Score. We are forty minutes away from Cubs baseball. Zach Sabin will have your pregame at eleven thirty for Game One today's day night doubleheader against the St. Louis Cardinals. But now, Bruce. We're going to go to the phone lines at three one two six four four six seven six seven. But there's there's some traction out there. Uh, we're hearing from people wanting to talk about Danny Duffy, uh, starting to pay attention to the fact that uh, the starting pitching for the Cubs just not getting enough innings in. Even though Theo has talked about that being the strength of this team, and certainly the three point five six ERA from the whole uh, start, uh, the whole pitching staff, second in the National League attest to some really good pitching, but a lot of that, uh, the attrition from the, the innings that are that's going on right now is a concern. If you look at the starters only, it is a concern. And you mentioned it early uh, earlier in the show, and I completely agree, a huge start today for Tyler Chatwood. Let's uh, get out to Lincoln Square first, Bruce, and Tom is up on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Tom. Yeah, hi, guys. Hi. So I've got a, I've got a Cubs and Sox trade thought here. Number one is I read that the Braves might be interested in Matt, Matt Davidson. Now, I like Matt, but this trade said included, you know, the trade idea was to include Sori and Matt for this left-handed pitcher that they've got, one of their better left-handed pitchers. I just think that's too much to give up. I think, you know, I, I would give up Matt Davidson. Right. And well, the other, you know, I think Where, where are you going? Where are you left- going with uh, Soria, though? I mean, don't you have to optimize his value at this particular point in time and, and move him? Well, I mean, if they could get a, one of their one of the best Braves prospects prospects for both well, of those guys, bad, yeah, best. I yeah. don't know. I don't know about best. I think good. Would you? Well, take... I mean, you know, I'm saying like top ten or top five. You know, I mean, for those two guys, I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't. But know I mean, it's probably happen. not going to happen. Uh, but anyway, I just I just think Matt Davis for this left-handed pitcher is, even though I like Matt, it's a good idea. Uh, and Surya is. I mean, they're. they're I was Cubs. I think about Surya. I think, but I think I the think Cubs real might. question. I think the Cubs' real question is not so much who they get, but who they trade. And I, and my, I think that Ian Happ is going to be a great major league hitter, and Eddie Russell is very talented. It should give a lot of value. But he was the guy I would trade because I believe in the old school. You know, you put your best defensive player at shortstop, which is obviously Baez. And uh, I just think that Eddie Russell is the guy that they should. I mean, I think they should get very good value for him. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Thanks for the appreciate for the call, it. Tom. Good stuff. Uh, Mike, uh, they're going to have a real problem uh, getting their head around trading off of the major league roster right now. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're going to get a guy starting shortstop like Russell, or if you're going to get a uh, a young player with six years of control uh, like Hap, 
switch hitter with power, you know, not being paid anything, you're going to have to give an awful lot back. It's not just going to be some deadline deal where the Cubs are going to get somebody for two months. It's not happening with those guys. No. You're talking about a starting shortstop guy who was the all-star starter two years ago in, in Russell. He's had some bumps of the road, but, you know, at 25, there's still tremendous potential in the, the Cubs' everyday shortstop. Uh, his range is as good as anybody's in baseball at shortstop this side of uh, Crawford. So uh, it's, it can't be just uh, for this deadline. Uh, much like the Quintana trade from last year where you traded Jimenez and Cease, you, you're going to have to get a guy that you have control for three or four years that they right. can count on being a contributor if you're going to include people like that. Sure, the Quintana deal was about last season and then the next three. That's why they were able to get that haul. And uh, to Tom's uh, call, I don't know that I see Matt Davidson as a long-term piece with the White Sox. I'm just not You know, with, with all due respect, he's improved his game dramatically from the guy that hit 200 in the minor leagues yep. two years in a row a couple of years ago. But um, if you take Kansas City out of the equation – yeah, because uh, he's got, right. I think, eight or nine homers against them. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just been mediocre. You know, I'm, I mean, there's still you. a big swing and miss part of his game. Uh, I, I do give him a lot of credit for improving uh, dramatically to being a big league player, but I don't, I don't think he's a difference maker for anybody. And speaking of Kansas City, Bruce, it's as if you read Ken in Beverly's mind. Good morning, Ken. How are you? Good. How you guys doing? Good, Good morning, uh, Bruce. Totally agree with you on Archer. Um, We've been talking about him for years. I, I don't. I don't even see his numbers improving. No, they don't. Uh, he's just a. He's one of those guys that seems to uh, be a sexy choice every year. They talk about it at the trading deadline. They talk about it at um, the winter meetings, and he seems to still be there. You know, I got the Cubs are definitely going to the playoffs. I could see that, but their starting pitching is not going to. I don't see it winning them a World Series. Up, I got a crazy one for you here. Tell me what you think it is. What is the value? What is uh, Cal Hendricks' value? What is his value? You, yeah, what do you feel? I mean, do you think he's – is is Danny Duffy better than, than Hendricks? In other words, would you trade straight up for Duffy? Yes. yes. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't think the uh, – I know the money, obviously. I don't think the Royals are, yeah. are looking for a guy that has uh, a couple years left before he's a free agent Oh, okay. in, in Hendricks. Mm-hmm. So – I think they'd take a younger people for, for Duffy. I think that the Royals are in a rebuild that's probably going to take four to five years to get yeah. back to where they were yeah. at. So okay. I, I don't think he fits. But uh, it's it's good thinking out of the box on your part. Yeah, I, uh, I don't see him getting rid of I, Hendricks I, either. I love I, the guy. But I just... think you can get Duffy for less. Oh, okay. Less being more like more young guys in your organization. You, you know, another question is, is are, I don't think the Giants are going anywhere. Do, do you think they're going to st- – Start selling any of their pitchers? Uh, right now, they're probably uh, three and a half, uh, four games out of a wild card right now. I think yeah. I think they're going for it. Oh, so okay. right now you got 11 teams. And thanks so much for your call. 312-644-6767 as we continue to talk Cubs and Sox deadline deals. Mike, um, there's 11 teams that are in the mix for the playoffs within uh, four games of the second wild card at the very worst in the National League, 11 out of 15. In the American League, you have six teams with possibilities. You have five, you have four teams that are probably locks right now. Yep. And then you have Seattle and Oakland battling out it out for the second wild card at this mm-hmm. point. A lot of things can happen in 70 uh, games, but 
that's pretty much the league. Uh, the rest are all in rebuild mode and trying to find their way the next two or three years. The National League, 11 teams in the mix, and you're wondering what's going on with the Cardinals in Washington right now as far as where they're going to uh, they're going to side and whether they start trading off. Yeah, and to the caller's uh, Giants question, the Giants are only four games out of first place in the West, and granted, the Dodgers just made uh, the huge Machado move, and you figure they are the favorite, the heavy favorite there, but Arizona, Colorado, San Francisco, all within four games of L.A., uh, we've talked about the Brewers and the Cardinals. The Nationals are a game under 500. Pirates have won today. seven in a row back to 500. Uh, Everyone and anyone, uh, with the exception of the Mets, Padres. Uh, and I, I wouldn't discount Reds. the Reds. The Reds, yeah. yeah, I guess they are too far back, 11 under Probably. 500. I mean, they've played over 500 since, since Jim Riggleman took yeah. over that team. But I, I think uh, not enough starting pitching there. Three one two six four four six seven six seven is our number. We have an extra half hour for you here on Inside the Clubhouse Leading up to 11.30 when Zach Zaidman will have your Cubs pregame. We invite your calls. We'll check in with David Schuster at the ballpark. But uh, the next half hour, for the most part, is yours. 312-644-6767. Let us know what you think uh, heading into the trade deadline 10 days from now. Very quick reminder, Monday from 9 until 1, join the Bernstein and McKnight Show. They will be live at the Budweiser Brickhouse Tavern in Wrigleyville. Wilson Contreras, Mike Montgomery from the Cubs will be their guest from noon to one. It's the second installment of the Cubs on deck lunch and series presented by Azek building products and Xfinity tickets on sale. Now at 670 the slash on deck. You've got inside the clubhouse here on 670 The score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 